All right, welcome back to another episode of the Boston Header Podcast. We're going to do another three and three. Um, I'm Chris, aka Not the Fake Webby on Twitter, and I'm joined, of course, by Jake or Halbertius. Hey, it's uh, it's inauguration day. It's a beautiful day, especially here in DC. Feels pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> it was a little difficult getting into work, and I'm not doing anything around the city, so it's a celebration at home. But regardless, it feels a lot better that. Uh, we have a new president in office, to say the least. Amanda Gorman dropped the mixtape. Oh my god, that was <laughs> that was phenomenal. She's what twenty two. I hate when someone so young does something so good. I'm like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> I'm here making an awful podcast. She's over here reciting a poem <laughs> that she she wrote herself for the inauguration. She's poet laureate of the United States at twenty one. Youth poet poet yeah. laureate, but twenty two. Twenty two. Yeah. Regardless, before we wallow in too much self-pity, um, which is ridiculous, <laughs> goes on par with the Pistons season. Uh, so we're going to jump in yeah. uh, with our three things that we saw last week. Um, I'm going to go first, which is going to be kind of a follow-up to one of the things that I was looking to see from last week. Um, so I didn't know where we had left off in terms of the game, so I just considered the two Heat games like the last week. Um, and something I saw in the first Heat game was Derrick Rose in Delon Wright uh, really kind of stepping up and scoring and facilitating. They were really good on the ball, off the ball, uh, and just all around looked like they were worth their veteran status and kind of helped lead the team. And I think that's one of the big reasons why we actually won that game and looked so good was because of their point guard play and really kind of pushing the team forward. So that was the first thing that I noticed in the first game at least. Um, trying to see if Delon actually had – a good game. I know he wasn't great last time out against the oh, Heat. They're stepping on my later part. Yeah, not great. <laughs> but yeah, that was the. Uh, he, he did good in the first game. I'll say that he was really good. I think he did. He have a double double or something. He had, he was really good passing the ball in that game. He had a couple good feeds on drives, kind of some kickouts and stuff like that. So, and then Derrick Rose was just looked three like Derrick Rose. Seven, two of five from three that game. He did have ten yeah. assists. So yeah, much better. Because he was, there. like, really aggressive. And it's one of those things he he really seems to, like, come and go and stuff. And, like, when he's playing decisively, he looks pretty good. Like, obviously, he's a, a reasonable athlete, and um, he's one of the league leaders in corner passes. Mm-hmm. He's clearly somebody who can get downhill and, and create for other people, and he should be an okay defender. But, I mean, he seems to have these games where he's either blistering hot or frozen. Yep. Which is kind of difficult, but what you would expect for someone uh, like DeLon Wright. You, you don't expect him to step it up every night. I mean, he is a veteran at this point. I, I'm not going to lie and say I expected more from him. I mean, yeah. I was hoping for him to take a step forward when he had the ball in his hands a little bit more in Detroit than what he had uh, back in Dallas. But I don't think he's quite lived up to the hype in that department, but he's definitely shown flashes of it in games like that. So, I guess my... Uh... First one is that, like, I'm officially really concerned about Blake Griffin's injury, uh, and, and more importantly, his minutes at this mm-hmm. point. We're still averaging well over 30 minutes. Let me double check what we're we're at here. Pull up my stats, just to be fair. So we're at 32.4 minutes yep. a game. But he has, and this is going to be my take later on, was that he has a lot of games where he's going over 35 minutes, which shouldn't be happening, yeah. period. <laughs> yeah, and... He looks like butt every time he plays a game after like anything other than three days mm-hmm. rest. 
Like he was really pretty solid in the first heat game and then not in the second. And I don't I don't understand why they won't limit his minutes. They're doing a decent job for Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose is down at twenty four. Mm-hmm. Like why why can't we get Blake down under twenty eight, chop four or five minutes off, keep his legs fresher, give him to Seku? This seems like a win 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 for everyone. And it, you can't tell me that Blake is playing 35 minutes a night thinking, wow, I look great doing this, <laughs> going one for eight or whatever he's doing at that mm-hmm. point. I, I, don't, I don't get it. And it's, it just, if we can't make these simple decisions as a team and as a front office and as a player, it's really hard for me to trust that you're doing the other stuff correct because this is literally the most obvious thing in the world right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, and I mean, like, Blake should be out there. He should be starting. He can definitely, like, we don't want him to be done with the team. He should still be playing minutes in, like, a reduced role like Derrick Rose. Ideally, I think, like, 26, 28 minutes. Not saying you got to cap him, but, like, if he's playing over 32 minutes, there better be a good reason for it. Like, 30, 32 minutes. Right. Because he's not getting any younger. And he's, I mean, let's face it, he's not going to be in the long-term plans. This team is going to be bad for a long amount of time. Blake Griffin, at the twilight of his career, should not be playing a lot of minutes for a bad team. So, I mean, it, it's kind of simple as that. We want to see Blake out there. It's fun when he's healthy and he's doing good. I got notes on that later as well. But seeing him playing all these minutes, I think it's just not only is making his play worse, but it's also bringing his kind of career prospects down as a whole. Because he needs to use every right, minute and nobody's saying... Nobody's saying, oh, he can't start. No. Nobody's really even saying we don't want to see him. I mean, some people are, and those people are, are you know, your average reactionary shitheads for the most part. But, like, but like start him, give him a little bit of run in the third, like, and let him close out games if it's close. We don't... Right. Like, <laughs> I, like I, I said the other day on Twitter, like, you get a seven-minute stretch to start the first. You get to close the, the half with another seven minutes. You start the third with seven minutes. You end the game with seven mm-hmm. minutes. 28 minutes if you're playing really well we'll we'll fudge it a bit i don't care you know but this whole sustaining 30 plus minute things is ridiculous and it's just it's not healthy for him it's not healthy for the team it looks good for nobody let's we can fix this and it's disturbing that we're still talking about especially in today's nba like it was the same it was the same way to start last year Mm -hmm. yeah i think he started out kind of slower and then built up to some long stretches and then obviously was Injured and tailed off towards the tail end. Uh, but yeah, I think just in general in today's NBA, like we'd know better. We know how important rest is in today's NBA. And especially for a player with Blake's injury issues and his age, like this is important. And I think it needs to be taken a little bit more seriously. They've done a great job, I feel like, with Rose. I don't see why they're not doing this with Blake. So that's my two cents. Well, yeah. And it's, it's even worse because you know that this is basically out there because they didn't do this in uh what was it 1819 but you didn't protect him in 1819 even though we knew that this was a possibility and probably ruined the rest of Blake's career doing it so it's it's still I'm still stressing about this it's tough to watch because when he's when he's playing good he's still he's not Blake Griffin he's not flying above the room, he's not the person over on the Clippers, but he's still a damn good basketball player when he's healthy, when he's in control. So, All right, what's your number two? Um, anyways, moving on to my 
my number two. Um, so this one I feel like was a little bit of a a bit of a niche thing, and I feel like someone I gotta give some props to. Um, so when uh, when Killian went down, you know, there was a lot of questions in the rotation about all right, who's gonna pick up the minutes, who's gonna kind of pick up the slack. And someone who came into the fold, who I wasn't fully expecting to do this good, was Wayne Ellington, who's came out. He's shot the ball great. He's looked kind of what you would expect from someone who is a veteran shooter. He's got right now 50, was it 50, 47, 80 splits, which is pretty solid. And he was someone who I thought was going to be completely washed. He looked off on the Knicks last year. We didn't know why he was getting this contract, but... At least he's gone out there. He's looked professional. He's done pretty well. If he keeps this up, maybe he could find his way onto a contender for like a, I would say a second round pick. But apparently we don't like those. So, but he's still he, he looks decent. I don't I don't know that he's gonna go to a, a contender. I mean I I'd have be, to go it'd back. It'd be and probably more like a buyout. I doubt he would unless he really like heats up. I he he's he's not he's not good enough on defense. I don't think anybody's fooling themselves thinking that Wayne Ellington's anything more than this, which is just a competent role player on a bad team. I think you can be a competent role you player know, showing, on a good team. Showing people how how it should he, work. If he went on the Lakers, I feel like he'd be. He's thirty three. He's getting he's even for Detroit. He's getting beat to crap on defense. You know, in the playoffs, any small forward is just going to switch onto Wayne Ellington and just pound the crap out of him. I mean, you can say that about a lot of people oh, you know, <laughs> that they, are on they good brought, teams, though. They brought him in because they wanted him in the locker yeah. room. That's what they wanted. They're not going to buy him out. He's cost them nothing. He's here to be a good role model, to be you know, as much of a leader as any bench player can be. It's always hard, unless you're Udonis Haslam, to you know, have a big role. But that's that's what they wanted him for, and, and that's what he's giving them. I mean, and I, I think that's what he wanted. That's what he props to him and good enough for him to say that he's he's fulfilling those. I'm sure that's what he came here to do. But if he thinks he's still got more in the tank, and if he really does show out, it's not I happening. Could, I wouldn't be surprised. Teams are always looking for shooters. Like he can be bad on defense, but if he comes in from the second unit and plays, you know, an eight minute stretch and gets 13 points or something. He could be useful on a playoff team. That's all I'm saying. There are better options all over the place. All right. What's your second point? I'm not. Bu- I'm not buying that whatsoever. I'm open. Okay. I want some assets. Um. Well, I think you're more likely to get those. Uh, if I can kind of s- segue into to oh, mine, I think you're more likely to get assets from Svi than you are <laughs> for Wayne. You, I mm-hmm. think Svi's had a nice little bounce back in. Uh, I think it was the first heat game, not the second heat game, but driving the ball, driving and kicking, showing that he can get himself yeah. uh, started up again, you know, as a driver, which he's always been better at than, you know, he looks at, at first blush and he needs to be better still. Um, but like he had one possession, I think in the last game where he just like did a little scissor drive and set up a guy and took him from like 35 feet and raced him to the rim. And I was like, yes, this is, mm-hmm. you know, this is really fun to see from Svi. Um, and again, his contract is up at this year. And so the Pistons are either going to have to pay him a lot or move him. And, you know, tying it back to the Wayne Ellington discussion, if Svi is playing well, but you don't think that Svi is playing well enough to be the guy for you moving forward, maybe you can get the late first reasonable second round package you know can you get something better than reggie bullock 
trade got you? You know, can you can you at least recoup those assets um, and start again with someone else's discarded second round pick plus a, a pick or two, like a you know their disc their discard player and a few seconds. You know, maybe Svee can fetch you that. I don't think Wayne fetches anything like that. Well, first off, uh, let me answer that question for you. When it's going to be no, and if you want to hear in Spanish, it's going to be no. He's not getting multiple picks. He maybe will get you someone at the end of the bench. Svi has shown flashes, and I think it was in that second heat game. I don't remember, I don't think he was even on the floor in the first heat game. But in the second heat game, he did show flashes. He was making some good drives and kicks. But they're just flashes. And I don't think any team that's you know in the playoffs fighting for a title is going to want someone who's just showing flashes. And I also don't think he's going to get paid a lot of money uh, at all. <laughs> I just haven't seen it from him. If Svi has been better on defense than expected, if Svi shows, you know, if he if he has strings where he's putting together four plus assist games in addition to being the shooter he is, he will absolutely command a lot of money. I mean, I want it for Svi just because I kind of like his story. I like where he came from, and of course, I <laughs> I saw him play at Kansas, so I have a little bit of bias there. But I I just don't see him. I just don't see him fetching that much money in the open market. I don't think people are going to care. I, I what, think what do you can think easily is, what do you think ask market for is? more than the mid You think more than the mid I, 12 I, million. No, I think his cap is his cap is the mid-level. I don't think he's getting anything past that. I I, I, if, he's, if he's making four-plus assists, if he's doing he's not, that, <laughs> and, he's, and he I doesn't... Mean, he re- if he is, then sure, but I mean... But he has done that. He has regularly shown that kind of playmaking. Maybe in repeated stretches over his Pistons career, he sh- he was a volume with this guy in summer league. He's shown he can do this. Now he hasn't had a chance. And he can show that he's done to it do in it summer league. I don't think he's really done it too much in the pros, at least from what I've seen. He has he has good stretches, but I don't I don't see more than just flashes. I just I don't see what you see in Svi. I guess I see it on occasions, but I don't see it. In sustained succession, he's he's when when he's not ice cold, he's already an above average rotational player, and above average rotational players do not. Well, the problem is he's ice cold you know, a lot, and when you're, when you're a guy coming off the bench, you need to not be ice cold, especially when you're known for being a three point shooter. Those are things that matter. You can't make that concession of uh, when he when he's every three point sh- every three point shooter is ice cold. Now okay. he he hasn't yet gotten the experience he needs to figure out how to break the duck by getting to the line etc the way some guys do but Kyle Korver has stretches where he's not the guy Seth Curry has stretches where he's not shooting mm-hmm. well Steph Curry yeah. has those stretches that's it's not nobody's looking at Svee going wow I don't think he can shoot that's not that I don't think he can shoot thing I mean he's shown he's been a great three-point shooter uh every year prior this year he's been pretty ice cold for the entire year but I mean, he but he came into the preseason was lighting it up. You know, he got he got unlucky that his cold streak was, you know, the start of the official stats counting. But when we played preseason games, he was shooting like a billion percent. I don't know. I think he just if you if your points for Svi are, he's obviously we know he's a three point shooter. I'm not going to disagree with that. He's been cold to start the year, but I think he'll get it back the same way he was kind of cold in Lakers, but did better once he got to the Pistons. And your other points are he's decent at making drives but he's not getting fouls and he's better on defense than expected i don't think that's enough to sell someone on a above mid-level exception 
I think he'll get he can get a multi year contract, but I don't think it's gonna be anything. Well, the other the other thing is that when he gets his contract, he'll be twenty four. I mean, yeah, but there's a lot of good young and NBA still have players. Two or three years of projected growth. <laughs> like, there there's a lot of good young NBA players in every single team. Just just go take a look at all the people who've who've got his skill set and find how many of them are making less. I would ex- than the mid level. I would expect Svi. It's not many. I would be more shocked if Svi got above the mid-level exception than I heard that he's going to go play overseas. That's where I'm at with Svi. I don't. I think he'll get a he'll That's get a multi-year terrible. contract. That's a terrible take. It'll be decent, but it's not going to be above what nine, ten million, whatever the mid-level's at for this year. I would be not based off what he's not based off what he is now, but he's far more likely to get to that point. I mean, he can than Wayne we, Ellington we have, ever is. Yes, I. I agree at this point in Wayne's career that and he's, he's far he's more likely to. to be a trade asset than Wayne Ellington ever is. I don't see him being a trade asset. Not at 24. Not when he hasn't proven it for. I mean, maybe he turns it around and just turns has. into Davis Bertans from last even, year. But. Even right now, he has more value than Wayne Ellington. He has more value. Don't get right me wrong. Now. Wayne Ellington was a vet minimum contract this offseason. Svi at least got traded. He was an asset in a trade. So if he has more, if he has more value, I and think he's younger. He has more trade value, un- unquestionably. Not to a playoff team, though. He has more trade value. Absolutely, yes. We can argue about this for a half hour. <laughs> I'm not going to hold everyone here, but I think to a playoff team, maybe not trade value, but I think Wayne Ellington has more value to a playoff team, whereas Svi has more value to a Why? young. Why? Team. What? Do, what? I have I have all the respect in the world for what Wayne Ellington does. Wayne Ellington is not a high percentage three point shooter. He's a good shooter who hits bad shots, but he's not a high percentage guy. Wayne Ellington isn't someone I want around LeBron. He's not He's not some guy that's going to make LeBron better in a playoff series. He's not going to be making LeBron better. I don't think any player on the Pistons is going to be making LeBron better. The point is, can he, can he stand around him and shoot threes? Yeah, I think he can. Can he be an experienced guy in the locker room? But no, that's my point. He doesn't, he do, he isn't just a catch and shoot player because if he's a catch and shoot player, like you, that guy needs to be able to do other things to have value on the court, and Wayne doesn't. There's a there's a reason no no playoff team picked him off the Knicks. There's a reason because no, he didn't look good on the Knicks. Just, the, that was my whole point going into the season. I was saying he looked like he was out of the league, but I'm saying right now he looks like he can no, no. he can play. He's he's got ten points shooting fifty forty seven eighty. He's been doing good. If he keeps it up, I wouldn't expect him to get traded for picks, but I wouldn't be shocked if he says, "Hey guys, we're not going anywhere." Can you let me go, and I'll go to some team that wants to sign me? He's not getting a buyout from a team that expected to be this bad. It would be a smart buyout by a team There's that the, wants for to, the same for the same would, for the same reason. He's not going to get a buyout from the Knicks. We didn't get a buyout from the Knicks because he was awful. <laughs> I mean, that's not the point I'm trying to make. What? No, you you buy people out because they can't help you anymore. Yeah, but when you're on a bad team, it doesn't really make a difference. It's better to not have them on the team. He's a veteran leader. He's not a negative asset, even if he's not playing well. He's still a good person in the locker room. Right, so the point is, you want that in the locker room. There's no value to buying him out. What does buying him out get you? It gets you you? goodwill among agents and players, saying, hey, this guy was on a bad team. He's not in the future plans. No, no. A good person in the locker room isn't giving you any additional value either. Yes, it is. It absolutely is. It's giving you can find good every people in every the locker player room. will tell you that those people in the locker room is very is very helpful. Oh, it's helpful. Don't get me wrong. Having but it's him a very easy in thing the team find. on a bad team is the entire reason he's here. They will not be buying Wayne Ellington out. I don't expect them to, but I wouldn't be surprised if he keeps it up that he gets moved. So 
All right. No. Let's move on before we keep going. Sorry, 20 minutes in. What's your – you're on your second take? No, you are. That was my second. You're on third. Oh, we're going third. All right. Yeah, and Svi was my second. So my third one I think is something that we can at least both agree on, which is um, Isaiah Stewart is uh, <laughs> a monster on the boards, and I didn't even pick up on this until the Miami game, the first one. I think he had like seven offensive rebounds or something like that in that game. Um, but he is just going off on the boards. It's something where I hadn't – like I said, I didn't notice that. I didn't pick up on it. I wasn't checked to see where Isaiah Stewart was at getting rebounds. I didn't – I didn't realize until that Miami game. I think it was one of the announcers made the point of, watch out for this young guy on the boards, and he got the offensive rebound to put him back. Um, but did you know Isaiah Stewart is in 16.6 minutes. He is top 10 in offensive rebounds per game. And if you go by the per 36, this obviously hasn't played in many minutes, he is number one in the league with over 100 minutes, which is just above Enos Cantor, Boban, and everyone's favorite, Ed Davis. That's pretty good for a young guy in something that this team needed good rebounding so it was something i wasn't fully expecting from him but i'll take it it's nice yeah the problem is he hasn't been that great as a defensive rebounder you know he's averaging almost seven offensive boards per 36 which is obviously outrageous um but he's only at about five defensive boards and it's one of those things where he's you know there's a lot of veterans who are getting pissed at him and he's gotten these technicals and in fights and stuff and it's mostly because they're like, why are you making me try so yeah. hard? <laughs> you know, it's it's that classic thing where the rookie comes in, the rookie's got a motor, and all the veterans are like, Dog please, chill. What? Like, no, no stop. not now. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's uh, it's game 13 of a season that doesn't matter. Stop it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I still so, appreciate that, though. Like, that's what you want to see. That's the motor I, you want to see. I appreciate that. It is nice to have the offensive boards. It is really nice uh, when your offense is not being very efficient in long stretches. <laughs> So that's all great. It's just like one of those things where defensive boards are the, uh, how do I put it, they're the tactical value, right? Like for the most part, offensive boards are just candy on top. Unless, you know, with, with like Andre, sometimes under SVG, the, the Pistons kind of set up their transition stuff based around his ability to contain people around the rim for an extra few seconds, even if he didn't get the board. Um Maybe you can do that with Stewart on your team and just kind of set up your transition defense around it. But um, really, it's it's the ability to collect defensive boards that's most important. And while he is good at boxing out, it's one of those things where we're going to have to figure out still how to supplement him there. Whether that's having guys like Josh Jackson who are really good you know, attacking the boards from, from uh, out-of-space rebounding positions or whether it's having other really tall guys next to him, I don't know. But the defensive boards are still a concern. Um, but it, it's certainly nice. You know, I'm not mad that he's getting offensive boards. Certainly not. I don't know. I think, especially in today's NBA, the analytics has showed how offensive rebounds are not that important. So it's a stat that people don't think about or care about as much anymore. But I think it is still, it is still to see someone who has that ability. It's something that you can't just... It's not something you can always teach. It's kind of an innate ability to be in the right spot to grab an offensive rebound. Well, it's all hustle. It is. It's hustle is a lot of it too. But you also, it's, it's all. It's all. Do you want it more? Off- offensive boards are all about hustle. I mean, there's there's some people be like, oh, it's about reading the rim. It's like everybody reads the rim. That's not rare among you know good rebounders. I mean, offensive boards are about hustle. It's about wanting. It. It's there's a few little tricks about getting in position, but for the most part, it's effort. And and that's a credit to 
Stewart. I would say it's about reading reading the play, reading where the rim where the ball's gonna go off the rim, adjusting yourself to get the right angle on the defender. There's a lot that goes into it. And I think more than people give credit for on it for right, great but, offensive rebounders. But there are a lot of really great defensive rebounders. And certainly like some defensive schemes are obviously set up to make sure the guys are in position to rebound, whatever, but you know, there are a lot of defensive rebounders who are really good defensive rebounders who don't get offensive boards. The instincts are the same. The shot goes up. You know where it's going. You just didn't go after it. I mean, <laughs> so, you know, in in that regard, it's uh, that's why we say it's it's mostly hustle and hustle's a, a talent. Not everybody does it. So that's that is a credit. Yeah, that's him. something I want to see. I want to see talent out of, or hustle out of my first round pick. I want to see talent as well, but I really want to see hustle as well. So that means he's going to work for it. So I'll take it. I'll take the good things from him. I'm pleasantly surprised so far with him. Um, I guess I'll tie my last. One. I got a couple here, but. I'll tie my last one here to something we were asking for last week. We still have not seen Seku get big minutes, yep. but we have started seeing guys uh, ever since Dwayne Casey had a press conference, or I don't know if it was a conference or just a call-in thing, but um, ever since last week sometime, he said, like, yeah, this is about getting guys minutes and we need to do a better job of it. <laughs> Uh, Seku's gotten a second stint in yeah. games. Seku's got some more minutes, which especially is in the heat games. Something that, like, it's not, he's still not getting, like, huge volume minutes, and he's not played well in these minutes so far. These have not been two of his stronger mm-hmm. games, but he's gotten a third or fourth quarter stint in two or three games. So thank you, Dwayne, for at least going that far. Yep. Yeah. And that segues well into my first thing, which is kind of the same thing of, we need to play the young... I want to see more of the young guys. Again, we talked about this last week, but I still want to see it. And part of it was I was going to tie it in with, let's play Blake a little bit less at his age and his health, which we already talked about in length earlier. But let's give Seku, let's give Stewart, let's give especially Bay, let's give him a little more minutes. They're going to they're gonna make mistakes, but in the combination of giving them more experience at the NBA level and kind of seeing what they got for someone like, like Svi, who's about to get a contract. Like, I, don't get me wrong, I... Wayne Ellington's doing good, but we need to see more out of Svi and give him more run and give a chance to see, hey, do we want to offer this guy whatever the insane contract you're going to offer him is, or do we let him walk because we don't think he's going to be that good? So stuff like that is where I'd like to see a little bit more of the young guys. Like 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 I said, Wayne's doing good. I can't, I can't say anything bad about it, but at the same time, that should be Svi's starting spot. And maybe it says more about Svi as a player in that they don't see him as a starter, but why is Wayne Ellington DeLon Wright starting over Svi? Which I know Wright's the point guard, but it, it's little things like that where I feel like hopefully later in the year uh, it's something that Casey does a better job of and he's just like, oh, we're going to try and win and look good with our best team and all this stuff. I want to see more Seku minutes. I want to see more Stewart minutes. I want to see more Bay minutes, more Svi. Let them play through their mistakes. We're going to lose games. So be it. Well, and I don't have a problem... You know, so this, I don't necessarily have a problem giving veterans minutes. I don't even have a problem with Wayne Ellington starting. I do have a problem. It was it was so the first Miami game was the one where Svi got like three minutes. Yeah, I don't know what happened that with that. Also, a game like, where the game bef- the the prior game against it was one of those like seven games against the Bucks we played. Yeah, I think it was Milwaukee. I think you're right. Are we done playing Milwaukee? I want to confirm have we, it. Have here. we played them? Yes, we are. We are finally freaking done playing Milwaukee. <laughs> <That's beautiful. laughs> but yeah, so it was, it was the the last Milwaukee game. Svi so had 18 minutes. He was six and nine, two of four from three, 
four of five from the free throw line. He drew five free throws, no turnovers, only one foul in that time. He didn't get any assists, but he made a couple of really nice plays. So Svi was a minus 12. He had bad um, plus minus, but like he played really, really well. And then Wayne Ellington started the next Mm -hmm. game. And I was like, wait, I get Wayne starting to stabilize things. Why? Why now? This is your perfect opportunity to say that playing well matters and that you get rewarded for playing well. Yeah, it was definitely weird between those two Miami games. One game where Speed didn't play at all and the next game where Sadiq Bay didn't play at all. And I'm just like, what is like, what do we got these young guys for? Are they going to sit on the bench and not do anything? We're a bad team. We're leading the league in losses. It's not going to get any better if you have Wayne Ellington playing these minutes or Svi. Or if you have, I don't know, <laughs> like if Blake Griffin is in instead of Seku. Like, we need to get these young guys some minutes. And I don't know why, especially with Blake, he's getting so many minutes. And Wayne, to an extent, too, is getting a pretty good, he's getting like 28 minutes a game. Well, and again, it's not about getting minutes. It's about what the fuck are we rewarding? True. Because it, it, you have to understand that coaches want to win. I get it. But it's the situations where some guy is playing terribly and he still won't pull him, but he'll yank a rookie for nothing. Mm-hmm. And I don't get that. Nobody gets that. Every beat writer is like, well, you know, he wants to win. He's got to respect the guys who go through the process. And okay, we can say all of that. We can hear Dwayne Casey tell us what he thinks. He's not practicing what he preaches when he does some of these moves. Nope. And everyone knows it. Everyone sees it. And every coach does this. And they're not fooling anyone. I don't get it, but I mean, I guess I'm not getting paid millions of dollars to coach an NBA team. So I got to sit on my couch and judge, but it doesn't really make sense to me. But hopefully it's in the better scheme. All right. What the- um, so in a, in a similar vein, I want to see less Derrick Rose involvement in the bench unit. Really? Not necessarily okay. that he can't be out, but like, or not not that he can't be out on the floor, but like. I am so tired of watching one five pick and rolls with Seku and Sadiq in the corners not getting touches. Mm-hmm. It's just exhausting. Uh, I don't. What is? Uh, we've talked about again earning minutes, all this stuff. There was like four plays last night where Seku is wide open in the corner. Somebody is looking right at him and decided, you know what? No, I will take a contested shot at the rim and miss instead of passing to an open three point shooter. It can't you can't have that be an acceptable thing that has to be called out in film you have to call people out on that you can't have veterans trying to get their stats while the rookies are Mm -hmm. out there not not gonna fly yeah especially on a team this bad like you can get your stats don't get me wrong but you gotta Derek is one of those people who has no idea how to play off the ball so like I get (laughs) that he's just never gonna be a ball mover you know he's never gonna be your your Rondo style player but we need a different emphasis than this and if that means running different sets that have different plays then we do that i think that's kind of one of the things about losing killian probably for the season but i think losing killian and kind of i i think the the focus was especially later on the year is to kind of wean off derrick rose and have those be more killian minutes especially with the bench unit and either derrick stays in the team at a limited capacity or hopefully gets traded but now with killian out i'm kind of worried about are we going to be keeping derrick rose the whole year because we want his influence kind of the same thing i was saying with ellington or are we going to look to trade him if a good offer comes up or even a decent offer because we're he's going to be a free agent literally any he's going to be a free agent and if he's smart he will walk i still know how he got here in the first place that's still a just a confusing thing that he ended up 
here in night one of free agency. But with Derrick Rose, it's like we got to decide what we're doing here. Is like <laughs> He's not long-term. Let's try and find a move for him. It'll be better for both sides. No, unless you take someone take a, someone else's you know mediocre point guard in return, and you fill the minutes that way. You go into the buyout market or the uh, you know the free agency overseas market, whatever. You know you can't let the fake opportunity cost of oh god, what do we do if Derek's not on the team stop you from moving him on? Like if Derek's not on the team, you lose. Who yep. cares? Let's see. So another one for me. Um, we've kind of touched on this, but less Delon Wright, more Svi. Yeah. I, we, I don't really see Delon giving us that much. There are times when he's playing well, but for the most part, those times when he's playing well seems to be when the whole team is playing well and he's just kind of feeding off of it. Um, he doesn't seem to be the guy who's causing it. So yeah, let's, let's get Svi more of these minutes. I, Again, I think Svi's a pretty good playmaker. I want to see him improve making reads, but if you want to make Svi the point guard, the you know the nominal point guard, while Blake Griffin or someone else is out there, do it. This actually segues into two of my takes, so I got to decide which one I want to go with. Um, so first, I'm going to talk about Delon, which was one of my things. It was how he disappeared in game two, and I like that we kind of cut his minutes a little bit, but I didn't like they were just going to Derrick Rose, and I think he made a good point with bringing in Svi would have been an interesting move and had Svi be the point guard in quotations alone, but then have Blake or Grant be like the main like ball handler. I feel like that'd be an interesting right. you don't, kind of dynamic. You can let him be the like the I always think of Malcolm Brogdon as the guy that fits this profile. It's like he's not the lead ball handler, but he is the guy who helps you get into a set and he can attack with the ball and he's playing the one. Like Svi can be that mm-hmm. guy. He's not ready to be the volume point guard, but he can be the point guard in the same way that Bruce Brown was, you know, kind of the point guard at times and should have been more yeah, often. Where he ran the ran the ship for quotation marks. Yeah, yeah. So I, I agree a little bit. If Delon's just not feeling it, then you could you can tell like he was not looking good against Miami. He just straight up disappeared when he was in the game. When he's not feeling it, it's it's probably time to pull him and get one of the young guys in there. Um, but another thing which just kind of translates well. Um, that I want to see moving forward was a little bit more Blake in the post. Uh, there was something that I picked up on in the first Miami game was that they were kind of feeding him the ball in the post and kind of running the offense around him there, which is something that we did a lot when we had that weird stretch where like Andre was like the point center and he, <laughs> he would give him the ball in the high post and just let him go to work, which he did pretty good. At. And I think it, it was one of those things when we did trade Andre that I was I wanted to see more out of Blake where he was – uh, getting the ball in the high post, and we were just running the offense around him. Because I think in today's NBA, with the you know, if you get it in the right spot where you can be like a like a kind of a screener for a guy coming around him that can lead to an open three, or just kind of have the offense kind of move around the guy in the high post in general. I think it's something that works pretty well every time I see it played in an NBA game. Like the ball in the high post is a good spot, especially when you have a good. Uh, facilitating big guy who can see the floor like Blake. I think he does all these things great. Why don't we have the offense go through him more when he's out there? It would take uh, away from Grant a little bit because Grant kind of does the same thing in isolation. Uh, But I think it's something that would make Blake feel a little more comfortable in the minutes that he is in. It'll probably be a little less work for him as well because he's just kind of standing around watching everything else. And I think it could be something that could give us a bit of a spark and kind of get the young guys in spots where they're a bit more comfortable. 
being off the ball. And I actually, I, I wanted, my third one was I wanted to see him rolling more and maybe more involved as a, as a roller because that I was think another that's good kind thing of that the role that too. he can fulfill. But, and it's kind of the same thing where it's like Blake right now is either outside the three or he's in the deep low post. Mm. And we need to blend the two together and stick him at the elbows and let him operate at the elbows because he's not backing guys down. He's not scoring in the post. He's doing a good job. He doesn't have the lift when, for when it. When you get him on a smaller if guy, he's at, can do if he's that. on the wrong leg, he, he was he no, was doing that no. good against the last, Heat. The last my he he was okay the first yeah. game and he was ass the second game. He couldn't back down Duncan Robinson. Yeah, couldn't do that's it. That's true. He didn't do as good the second he, game. He just he was lighting it up the first game. And and he's he even when he takes some shots, um, I I wish I could remember the guy's name. Let me see if I can find him quick. Let me guess. Let me guess. On the Heat, the Bucks. No, no, no. It was, it was one of my Twitter people oh, who wow. mentioned <laughs> something, and I'd, I'd like to give him a shout out. But <laughs> um, but he mentioned like it doesn't even look like he wants to land on his injured legs. Yeah. And he has been kind of ginger. You can kind of tell sometimes. It's absolutely the case. He. Right, he doesn't want to explode off the legs, but there's also times where he takes shots fading away and stuff because if he gets bumped, he has to control his fall with his injured leg, and he doesn't want to do it. That's one of the things where I'm curious if it's more of a, you know, when you when you hurt something in your leg, you subconsciously kind of focus on using the other leg, which in turn, uh, you know, creates more injuries. But I feel like when I see Blake do it, I feel like he's consciously trying to avoid you know, landing on that. Knee. Yeah, he looks like he looks like it's still. He looks like him. he's going out of his way because you know it's not going to feel good. Right. So I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I think operating in the high post can help because then you can dribble out into DHOs, mm-hmm. you can kind of fake stuff and get easy looks at the rim. You've got a little bit of space to work in. Um, if you're if you're operating in the pick and roll and you're moving down into the high post, you know maybe that's an excuse to roll. He doesn't want to roll to the rim. He doesn't want to bang down there. But if you're rolling to the high post. You know, at least you still get the token role where you're inside the three-point line. You're actually sealing off somebody, and the, the guard can do something. Because right now he's useless in pick and roll as a screener. Yeah, he's got um, like a. So yeah, so let's just see Blake get into into more comfortable positions. Operate more on the left wing for the love yes, of Christ. Yes, that was literally what I meant. No more right wing threes. Left high post. Like, that's where it needs to be. He keeps rolling to the right, or not even rolling, but but wrapping around to the right, and it's driving me crazy. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, let's. Uh, you got is that is that three for both That's of us? That's three for me. I think some it is. way around. I think I, <laughs> I think it blended like three Blake together. Was, I think Blake was three for yeah, me too. That works out perfect. So let's wrap it on that, shall we? Sounds good. All right, thank you all for listening. Peace out. Bye. Today's music was made by Blank and Kit. You can find a link to their music in the description.